annoyed by. Mm-hmm. But my my first thought was like, how many times a week does he have to send his minions to Bed Bath and Beyond to to refilling all the candles that he's constantly burning down yeah, there? That's true. <laughs> Maybe he's doing those blood candles that we didn't we talk about that blood like? candles. Yeah, I made a joke about like. No, it's fine. We don't have to rehash old podcast episodes. Did we actually talk about blood handles in a previous podcast? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. All right. (laughs) I like that you've already forgotten. I get... I mean, can you make candles out of blood? That's what we were talking about. Like, can you? Would it it make... Like, like, it was like blood-scented candles. Oh, blood-scented candles. I remember that talk, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like that you're so specific sometimes that you like you can't connect the dots between like blood candle and blood scented candle. You're like these are clearly different things. They're very different things. And and I can't remember that we could, could have talked about anything if it's well, it's entirely different. You just have to like scent some paraffin with iron and like hemoglobin or whatever. That's a blood scented candle, but a candle made out of blood. That's like I don't even I don't even think blood burns. Like I don't think that would work. <laughs> we'll have to try it out later. <laughs> Wait, what are you gonna do to me? <laughs> Nothing <laughs> that you're not asking for. <laughs> blood candle could also be like a, a gross Band term name. for a uh tampon. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the string coming out. <laughs> that's that's Legit gross. It's a gross image that you just... I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> Worst. Ugh, anyway. Let's, so, let's move on from yeah, blood master, candles. <laughs> yeah, let's never speak of it again. Never speak of it again. Yeah, um, yeah so that was, that was my first note. And then, of course, my second note was fake Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Joseph oh, Gordon-Levitt yeah, fake out. Totally looks like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Totally does. And it bums me out that it's not actually Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm actually, in one way it bums me out, but in another way I'm happy. Why is that? that? And that kid's performance was not great. Exactly. If it had been Joseph Gordon-Levitt, oh, that performance would have been spectacular. Well, that's true. Um, he was good even when he was a kid. He's been yeah. good, yeah, forever. I think at the point that he would have been, how old would he have been in this episode? Too, too old, right? Two. Yeah, maybe too old. I don't know. He's kind of ageless. So. He could do it now. Yeah. yeah, he could, like, I could see. You could still play they, that little kid. They made kid. him look like Bruce Willis in I, Looper. They can make him look like a little kid. Do anything. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> yeah, so... My, uh, my first note was, oh, hey, the master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that guy. He hasn't been around for a yeah, while. right? Oh, and Mudbutt. And Mudbutt. Um, we didn't do anything. Nope. He just, just had one inane conversation yeah, with the master. Yeah, he just said, I'm, af- I'm afraid of monsters. Or I was afraid of monsters. Mm-hmm. Go screw yourself, little mud butt. <laughs> no one cares. No one gives a shit what you're afraid of. Anyway. You should be afraid of getting mud on your butt. <laughs> Maybe it would teach you to not sit in mud all the time. Yeah, right? Be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, what, else, what else did you know? Do you know what I'm afraid of? What, what are you afraid that of? That creepy mustachioed history teacher. Oh, my God. That was, that's how you know it's a dream, because no one is that terrifying in real life. <laughs> That's actually um, <laughs> the interesting point about this episode uh, that I was thinking about, which is that arguably the most horrifying part of the episode is the scene with Buffy and her dad. Yes, I agree. And it's also the most mundane. I like, agree. It's a total 
it's a reverse nightmare on Elm Street. Like she lives in a world full of monsters mm. and then her worst nightmare is just her dad not liking her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was really interesting. But she also has the fear of like becoming a vampire. So I think it shows both her like it's real true. life thing and, and her I kind of wish life. I kind of wish they had put the the scene with her dad at like the very end of the episode because I feel like it it had the most impact for me more than seeing more than seeing her as a vampire which they sort mm-hmm. of like played up more yeah it was a little bit more silly and they kind of shrugged it off a little bit more like the the real nightmare in my mind was was the scene with her dad um and it would have I feel like it would have been especially hard or harsh if like they had you know like they'd basically like resolved most of everything and then the scene with her dad came or something like that if mm-hmm. it had come like this sort of calm at the at you know like in you the middle of the storm over or something yeah something yeah. like that mm. um i don't know the way it happened at sort of at the beginning just it felt mm-hmm. like they were th- they sort of blew their load too soon they like threw their gotcha. best scene gotcha. in at the beginning um but I don't know. What do you, what do you think? That's interesting. So do you, you like that scene or you think that's like a good scene? I think it's a great scene. Okay. I think it's a fantastic scene. I, it's interesting because I, I think it's supposed to be. But you, you have this weird um, lack I, of emotional, I like, know. yeah, I, it, you have no emotional connection to your parents whatsoever. It, it, well, that's not true. But like, <laughs> but it really does. It just makes me feel nothing. Yeah. Um, And I think some of it's just because some of the things he was saying were like so outrageous and things that a parent would never say Mm -hmm. that it didn't seem like a thing that could be real Mm -hmm. to me. And um, I don't know, I guess, I mean, my my parents got divorced when I was really Mm -hmm. young. I was like seven, I think. And I remember them sitting us down and telling us that it was about to happen. And I was like, my first thought was like, oh, thank God, I'm so relieved. Like, <laughs> you guys are terrible together. <laughs> You're fighting all the time. Like, finally, this is happening. Yeah. Um, and they mentioned like, oh, but like, it's not any of your faults or anything like that. And I was like, well, duh. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It just, I, I was never one of those kids that thought even for a second that it would be my fault that my parents got divorced. So that just is such an unreal scene to me to like have that fear um, I, that I find it difficult to make a connection to it personally. Yeah. I mean, you know, my parents also got divorced when I was really little. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think I ever I don't think I ever really had a, an outward fear that it was my fault or really felt any guilt over it. I mean, for one thing, I was a little, I was too young to, right. to have experienced it in, in right. that kind of way. Um, which, you know, obviously that's different for Buffy. Her parents, uh, separated when she was older. So she mm-hmm. probably has a different experience of it. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, but I mean, even if it's not, you know, even putting aside this sort of like, we got divorced because of you, like mm-hmm. just him disliking her. Like it was like yeah. a lot of what he talked about wasn't just like, oh, it was because of you that we split up. Mm-hmm. A lot of it was like, oh, you know, you're not interesting and you're not smart and like all these things um which i can totally understand a um an anxiety like that um yeah that that you know you're to somebody that you look up to and it's i think it's clear that she does sort of have hold her dad in a special regard at this point in the show Mm -hmm. um to have 
somebody like you know a literal father figure like (laughs) like say that you don't measure up to their expectations is is harsh no i agree it's like it it is a good scene Mm -hmm. like that's it should be a real fear Mm -hmm. it's just not one that i personally can sure connect to you can imagine you can imagine how somebody would connect to that or how, why somebody yeah, would have yeah. that fear. No, yeah, yeah. I can imagine it. But mm-hmm. it's, I don't know, it's just so weird because it's like, I feel like in other things that are very emotional, I can sort of put myself in that, a person's place and mm-hmm. think about how sad something would be and feel something for it. Um, but in this instance, it's like, like, I don't know, my my dad didn't find me that interesting. Like, he didn't want to, like, make connections to me. So it's like I'm in this situation. Like I was, I lived that, and I'm just like, Meh, I don't really care. <laughs> like I'm super over it. <laughs> so it's just like, I guess because normally it would be like, oh, I'm putting myself in this person's situation, so I can imagine how it would feel. Yeah. But this is like I have my own personal way of how this feels, and and you just emotionally it's shut like nothing. Down. It's okay to feel, Lisa. <laughs> Open up to us here, if nowhere else. That's true. Let the let our let the listeners embrace you. Okay. <laughs> I just I don't I don't feel that. Yeah. Way. I you know, my dad and I never had a big connection, and it's just, it's weird to like try to feel that. I think it's else's. implied though that Buffy and her father they do. did, or yeah, yeah or do no, have a connection. Although I will say this: um, the fact that that's never. Like he's never in any episodes before this. Yeah, does detract a little bit from the from the emotion. I think that might this, be some of this it too. could have been more powerful if we had seen some more of the Buffy and what did they say? Isn't it Hank? Hank, uh, yeah, yeah, the Buffy Hank relationship. If we'd seen a little bit more of it and seen a little bit of how she sort of looks up to him and 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 like craves in some way like his uh, approval. Yeah, yeah. Then then having that disapproval would be all all the more That's difficult. True. Um. Yeah. So. So. I mean, there. That's. I could see. I could see how the scene could be improved by that. Um. But I thought. I thought. You know. The. I thought the acting was really well done. Like the that's guy true. that played Hank was very. Um. Like he had this, sort of almost this sadistic twinkle in his eye. I thought like this. Um. He was just so like, nonchalant about how he was like rolling this out and made it so painful and then like yeah. yeah and buffy's reactions were very buffy's yeah very real her to me. um sarah michelle geller's face was like really good it was definitely this like mm-hmm. trying to keep it together yeah but obviously like feeling these huge mm-hmm. like pains and yeah i know i know what that feels like i yeah. know that face hmm. i also loved as always willow's like face <laughs> her faces are the best when she gets thrown on stage and has to sit, like oh yeah yeah i love that like this is they're they're riffing on the same thing i think it was the last episode that she ended up on stage at the very end oh, doing yeah, that scene of away. oedipus rex and yeah, she ran away so they're sort of like playing off that again like this is becoming sort of a running yeah. thing about willow her stage fright i guess mm-hmm. um yeah that was very adorable i i wanted to call attention to a line that Giles said that I think mm-hmm. we both chuckled at where um, they say like, Oh, it's like dreams that are coming true. And he's like, <laughs> Oh, dreams. That would be like the musical comedy musical version, comedy of, version this. of this. Yeah. This is nightmares. I'm like, Oh, just wait, Giles. <laughs> yeah. Just wait till your, your musical comedy. I also wonder, wrong. does that imply that Giles's like typical non nightmare dreams have 
our musical comedy numbers. Because oh, <laughs> Giles dream exclusively in musical comedy, and then when he doesn't, he's like, "Whoa, what a nightmare!" Mm. <laughs> there That's was no a... no songs or humor in that at all. It's quite it's quite a theory <laughs> that you've got yeah. there. <laughs> Better work it fast. Mm-hmm. So um, clearly, could get serious. <laughs> Anyway, no, that's we can, we gotta hold off until hold, hold off, hold off. You can't skip right to the musical episode. Can't skip right to the musical episode. Mm-hmm. We got five seasons yep, to go before then. Yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, but I thought that was a fun. Like having just gone to a party where we like sang all of those songs from the musical episode, and then Giles makes this funny comment like, "Oh, mm-hmm. that would be a musical comedy version." Like, oh. yeah. In case you're wondering uh, what Lisa was just referencing there, <laughs> last weekend we went to a party <laughs> that was a once more with feeling sing through <laughs> where oh, we yeah. sang all the songs from the musical episode of Buffy in season six. Um, stay tuned for that one in a few years. We're going to have a great, a great welcome to Sunnydale oh, yeah. about that episode. I'm sure. <laughs> it, yep. It'll be, it'll be, I don't sing. So that, you know, musical is an interesting one. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I thought that line was funny. But yeah, not no. for probably reasons that it should be funny. Hmm. Future reasons. <clears throat> Did you notice those those kids? There's like one kid whose mom, his nightmare apparently is his mom showing up and doting on him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They were like like the greaser kids or yeah, something. Yeah, were, like, were they were they greasers? Were like they rockabilly? Rockabillies? <laughs> were they just like I don't know. bikers? Like I don't know what they were supposed to be, but there's like a trio of them. Yeah all of a sudden at Sunnydale. Like, I, this is what I was talking about last week. Like, the Sunnydale High School setting feels so, so flimsy weird. to me because they just toss people in and take them out Yeah, for whatever, like, like for one shot. If they need. Yeah, exactly. Um, I really wish they could, they would stick to some side characters. Like, what, mm-hmm. what, was, what was it? Wendell or something, the kid's name at the beginning of this one yeah, with, the with the spiders? Like, yeah. I, you know, he doesn't seem like the most interesting character, but like, let's have him around here and there or like any of the kids that they've had in, in other, like who the pack, uh, the, the pack of bullies in the pack, what happened to those guys or like any number of different people. I'm sure they went to jail for eating a principal, right? You think? Well, something must have happened to them. I thought the, the, the police theory was wild dogs in the death of Flutie. Oh, that's right. Um, like we know that it was the students. Uh, That's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they should keep some some side people around, though. Yeah. yeah. They just make the high school feel like a fuller cast, feel mm-hmm. more real to mm-hmm. me. You know what I, I like to... Um, I always like to comment on the like the things that they're learning in the school. Um, <laughs> they At the class, I assume it was <clears throat> psychology, maybe, or something, because they were talking about active listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, man, I wish I had a class that talked about active listening like in high school yeah that's interesting i mean that's not something i think of as being taught in high schools it looked like when one of them held up a textbook it looked like it was in health class oh was it interesting yeah i mean it was a health i guess they were talking about needs as well yeah Um, needs and stuff um but i don't know i just i think it would have been interesting to talk about active listening in my high school i think people would benefit from that People, people even older than that probably could benefit from. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. No, no. I mean, I think the first time I was ever exposed to that idea was in college sometime when I took psychology and it was a psychology class that I didn't, wasn't even required to take. Hmm. Um, Do you think in the real world there are kids named Billy or is that just something that a name that's only used by television and movie writers when they want to make like 
an innocent seeming little male child. Mm. I don't think I've ever met a person or a kid named Billy. Um, I mean, I've never met Billy Bob Thornton, but he exists. <laughs> He's not a child anymore. <laughs> but I mean, that's sort of... Was a, he ever a child, do you think? No, I think he hatched from a moist clutch of eggs somewhere. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Billy, it's not... I'm trying to think if I ever knew any Billys. It just seems like a name that is way more often used yeah. for this character or this archetype of like like a little kid who plays in Little League and he's like, oh, Billy, like, oh, oh. Billy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like Billy Madison or something. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, like a totally fake name, but it's supposed to be like a right. obviously juvenile. Yeah. Did you catch um, during that? So first of all, I love the scene where Xander is following the trail of candy bars yeah. like a moron. Um, and then in particular, the last one he finds that's called Chocolate Hurricane. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty great. It sounds like a nickname that JD would have for Turk on oh Scrubs. <laughs> that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, right, like when he gets really mad or something and just like throws books everywhere. Like that would be a chocolate hurricane. Oh, like if Turk got mad. Yeah, that would, that's, yeah. that's why JD would use that. Calm down, my chocolate hurricane. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what it would be for. Yeah, totally. <laughs> oh, he's strong like a chocolate hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> it also sounds like a... Nah. No. What were you going to say? Just that terrible poop. <laughs> I don't always have to make poop jokes. Um, but Apparently when I do, you do too. But when I do, it's going to be all the time <laughs> and terrible. <laughs> I I really liked um, the poster. Um, the, the girl who takes a, a break. <laughs> yeah, there's a little visual in that one for you guys. Uh, yeah, are they not allowed to say smoking? But or she says smoke, smoke later. Does she? Okay. But it was I don't know. She just anyway. The the girl that takes a smoke break mm-hmm. and then like gets beaten um the poster that it shows it's like smoking kills and then it's like a smoking gun yeah i was like i want that poster so desperately what like dingy weird little room did she duck into to take that smoke yeah what was that it was like boiler room or something yeah i feel why like that's a thing that doesn't go exist outside yeah <laughs> well, i guess you could get caught you get caught in a boiler room that's true yeah um my high school had sort of something like that yeah. it wasn't it wasn't a room. It was like the entire underneath of the high school. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. I I got a couple of friends together and some flashlights and went down and explored after school there. It was yeah. huge. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, we're not certain, but we're pretty sure it went under the next block. Um, oh. And we found some weird stuff down there, like an old rifle range and a bowling alley. Um, I swear to God, <laughs> all this is underneath Evanston Township High School. <laughs> Okay. I wish this is like during been during the time of cell phone cameras, so I could show you some pictures. Yeah. I have no way of proving that this stuff's down there. How is but there there's a seriously, alley? I I don't know. I mean, I'm sure like all this stuff was used in the the way way back for like the way back machine. Yeah. I mean, it was the, the high school was built in like the 19th century or something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an old high school. Mm. A lot of weird stuff down there, and like that rifle range I was talking about had this weird like. NRA poster up on it. Did it say smoking kills? No, it said something about how like I don't know. It's got like a weird life, like love poem to your rifle. It was like Uh, I think I've heard it 
or seen it before in connection to the NRA. It's like the NRA's national like love poem to rifles. To rifles. <laughs> um, I'll have to find it because yeah, I know it's it it's famous, but yeah. Do we have any like what in the Hellmouth? There was not really a villain per se yeah. in this episode, yeah. so it's hard to do what in the Hellmouth without thinking. I mean, there's like what in the Hellmouth was this little league coach thinking? Yeah. Beating a little w- kid w- for w- missing H. a catch. Um, um, I don't know what. I, I mean, was a little confused about that. Like, so yeah. he like, like beat this kid into a coma. Yeah, that's, that's what terrifying. It seems like. Yeah, I thought it was. I kind of thought it was going to be like he, like this kid was being abused, like sexually or something like that. Like oh. it was going to be like, because. I mean, this sounds terrible, but that makes more sense than like an otherwise normal little league coach just like, <laughs> yeah, right, just, just like, like flying off, beating the a kid into a coma for like uh, missing a for missing a catch, oh. like yeah. And he calls him his lucky nineteen. Lucky nineteen, yeah, exactly. Like again, like death? lucky nineteen. Like I don't know, maybe I've just watched too much SVU, but that sounds like something that like the creepy like mm. co- like pedophile little league coach would say yeah. in an episode of. You know, SVU Sunnydale. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. That would be the worst. <laughs> is that is that the spinoff? SVU Sunnydale? Yes, and, and I would, would definitely watch it? watch it. Yeah. Um yeah. I would too. <laughs> Who would you want to be your main detectives? <clears throat> I mean, can I get Benson and Stabler again? They're just investigating paranormal things. <laughs> I would love that. Did we I think we just described like the X Files? Um <laughs> Do you think Benson and Stabler are like Mulder and Scully? Um, no, but it's like two people investigating like paranormal things. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I haven't watched enough of the X Files, but did they? Did they have a lot of like? Was it like? Were they the sex crimes unit of the paranormal division of the FBI? (laughs) Not always, (laughs) but sometimes. Um. Yeah, I feel like there was there was one where like a. Um, a thing had sex with people and then like switched genders. Um, it was like an alien that it would have sex with somebody, and it would give them some, I don't know, disease or something. And oh, it changed the gender of the person it had sex with. No, it changed its own gender after it had sex. Oh. So it was hard to track because it was like, oh, this person was like killed by a man or something, and then uh, okay. Um, yeah, I didn't have a lot for what what in the hell mouth. Yeah, I mean this this is a it's kind of structurally a different episode. There's not like a a monster per se. Um it's just sort of a surreal exercise. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean you could say the ugly man is is sort of the villain, but it seemed like a thoughtless thing that just attacks. Uh-uh. Yeah, it's surprising. It's kind of weird like I I kind of like this episode more than some other season 1 episodes, mm-hmm. but there isn't that much to talk about in it i feel yeah. like it's 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 a cool premise that doesn't kind of deliver as much as i yeah want it to or as much as i think maybe it could but i do like that it's it's maybe the first episode that shows that buffy can be um surreal not just unreal like it's not mm-hmm. just you know monsters in in a normal world like the whole world can yeah. be kind of topsy-turvy um and i really i think in general like speaking forward you know to into the future of the show i really tend to like the episodes of buffy that get 
surreal like mm-hmm. that. Um, and this is this is the start of that trend, I would say. That's true. I do. Yeah, I have to say, I did. Um, I enjoyed this episode. Like, I just really, really loved uh, Xander's the whole scene of like multiple scenes of him following the chocolate bars and then like realizing he was in like having a nightmare and then the clown following him and then when he goes back and is like hey like you were a terrible clown and then he like punches him and so like (laughs) i was just laughing so hard like first of all him just like finding candy bars on the floor and being like oh i love these bars (laughs) and just eating them being like it's like a perfect Xander <laughs> trap of just like a trail of chocolate bars. And you're like, you're such an idiot. Like, like you have the idiot ball on your hand right now. Totally. Um, but yeah, but then he comes back and he's like, he faces his fear and he like punches this clown. And Do you think it's implied uh, that the clown left those there? Is that what they're getting at? Or is that like, how did those yeah. chocolate bars get there? I guess, I guess I assume that like the clown would have left them there to like yeah. lead him, lead okay. Xander to, to him. Also, did you notice in that scene when Xander's coming into the school, there's like two spray painted swastikas on the wall yeah. behind him? Is was do you think like somebody's nightmare was neo Nazis or something? Doesn't, like what doesn't the... Xander say something about Nazis earlier in the episode? You're right. He says like he's not phased by spiders, but like but now like if it not... was Nazis crawling on my face or something yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah. That's what I thought that was. You think that's a callback to yeah, that? Yeah. yeah interesting. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was, that's, okay, I'm just going to say it. That was my high moment. Like, mm-hmm, Xander mm-hmm. eating those chocolate bars and then <laughs> punching that clown. Um, the, yeah, the, the clown punching was pretty good. It's interesting that, like, that worked. Like, so it's interesting in two ways. First of all, it's interesting that Xander, who's, like, he's kind of a little bit of a, like, shaggy from Scooby-Doo kind of character sometimes. Yeah, like, totally, jumpy totally. and goofy and, like... Um, you could totally see Shaggy following uh, like a trail of candy oh bars my God, and getting yeah. attacked by a killer clown. For sure. Um, so it's interesting to see him like screwing his courage to the sticking point like that and mm-hmm. turning around and punching the clown. And then it's interesting that it worked. Like, it, would that have worked? I mean, it didn't work. Buffy attacking the the ugly man. Well, that wasn't her nightmare, though. True, but I mean, it, like, it worked d- when the little kid went up to the ugly man and took his. Mask That's a good off. point. Yeah. It would have worked. It would, like if Buffy had hit the master in her, in that scene. Or, I, don't, like, I don't know. Yeah, we didn't get to see that. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, is the we sort of get the sense that it's about facing your fears. Yeah. In yeah. those two shots, but for the most part, it was the only people that ended up having to face their fears were Xander, <laughs> were Xander and the and little, little boy. kid. Yeah. Fake. Fake. Uh, <laughs> just wouldn't let it. Yeah. Do you think it would have worked if Buffy had just punched her dad in that scene? <laughs> I would have liked to have dad, seen that. Dad, you're a dick. <laughs> Don't say that to me. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know what I really wanted to see? So I love the, or I was amused that scene where, like, they show up to wake the kid up, and, and um, Giles just, like, leans over and is like, Billy, Billy. Like, like you start shouting at him. I really wanted him to start, like, really violently, like, shaking him and slapping him in the face. <laughs> wake up, Billy. Wake up. Wake up, Billy. Wake up. <laughs> I feel like you're an episode of, like, Children's Hospital now. Like, that's what they would do. That's exactly what I was imagining. Yeah. Like, airplane or something like that. Yeah, like, totally. <laughs> yeah. I like that um, 
Giles apparently has a nightmare of like getting lost in the stacks. Like I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't even understand that. Like, what does that even mean? It's it's interesting that at this point in the show, Giles is like the writers only conceive of Giles as a librarian, so all of his nightmares are going to be um, library yeah. related. Just, like yeah, inability read. to read, getting lost in the stacks. Like <laughs> yeah, it's very silly. You'd think a grown man like that would have other stuff to be scared of. Yeah, like losing his virginity, you know, having sex for the first time. That's really scary when you're like well into adulthood and you, I assume, I don't know what that's like, but. Yeah. Oh, you know what's something uh, we can do now uh, if you want to. We got our very first phone call to the podcast. Yeah, somebody I think probably called in to. Do you ask a question about this episode? Maybe, yeah, or? let's uh, let's play it. Let's see, yeah, what, cool. see yeah. what we got. Let's, let's put it on. Just imagine life with no student loan payments. If you're late or having trouble making your payments, press one now, and in 60 seconds you can find out if you qualify to have your student loan payments cut in half or in some cases completely wiped clean. Press one now for your free eligibility check or press nine to forfeit on this information. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. I really love our listeners. That's I really love great... whoever, like, you didn't leave us a name or a callback number, so I don't know how to identify you, but... I, what a great question for this yeah, episode. Exactly, yeah. I mean, really insightful. I just want to thank all of you guys for, for really listening and yeah. and and giving us your feedback like mm-hmm. that. I really appreciate it. And, That's and such a real fear, I think, that a lot of people have. That would be somebody's that nightmare. That would be my nightmare. That's true. You is, have student loans. Yeah, right? is is my like loans, my debt ballooning out of control, destroying my credit rating. I mean, that is that's the kind of real life fear that I kind of wish they had tackled a little more. I mean, they did yeah. it with Buffy and and her dad, mm-hmm. but that would be a perfect kind of thing for for Giles, for instance. Like, yeah, I mean, he's working totally. as as a high school librarian, like it doesn't pay a lot. It doesn't. I mean, he could have a mortgage that's like upside down. Mm-hmm. We don't know. I mean, that's the kind of thing that I would think could really get somebody like Giles frightened. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. yeah. But but in all seriousness, that that was our first phone call. <laughs> it really was our first to phone our, call. To our phone number that we have. So. <laughs> oh, and we were so excited. We were like, we were like, somebody called, left they a voicemail. They a question for us. <laughs> and then it was, it was about student loans. It was, it was yeah. But. <laughs> That's my, my, my new worst fear, is that no, no one's ever going to call our number. <laughs> It'll happen. We just gotta. We just gotta believe. Well, yeah. A dream just, is a wish your heart yeah. makes, honey. <laughs> we just have to dream it hard enough. And yep. And it. someone will call. Oh, yes. <laughs> and if no one does, I put. I did put it in my phone, so yeah. um, I can. I can drunk dial. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get you drunk just so you can drunk dial. Oh yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. gonna be good. Solid. Yeah. Um, oh, I had, this is unrelated to the episode, but I do have a Buffy update. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was watching, <laughs> uh, on my date with Kathan last night, mm-hmm. we watched the first three episodes of Buffy. Has <laughs> <laughs> Kathan never seen? Uh-huh. He, he had seen some of it. Okay. Um, but he was like, I'd be down to like rewatch some stuff. Um, so we watched the first three and we the episode where Xander has that shirt that we were like, oh, is that a mushroom cloud? Is it like a, <laughs> um, a squid or something? Mm-hmm. Or jellyfish was what I was thinking because mm-hmm. of all the extra string kind of things. He he confirmed um, it is definitely just they are mushrooms, 
and he can tell because they had a frill on them. So like there's the cap and apparently when the cap is developing, it's like not um, like bloomed out, you know, it's not spread out. It like grows sort of attached to the stem of the mushroom. Um, And then when it finally like breaks off and stretches out, it makes like an actual cap. It leaves this frill behind and all of the, all of the little mushrooms on his shirt had a frill in the middle. But don't mushroom clouds also have a... But not like that. I don't know. I don't I'm know. still not, team mushroom clouds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, well, I've moved away from team team jellyfish. It's yeah. definitely at least team mushroom or mushroom team cloud. Team mushroom versus team mushroom cloud. Okay, yeah, I can dig it. Okay, we'll have to, we're going we're gonna to go back and watch it one more we're time. We're going to have to get a, like a real legit myconologist and yeah. a real legit... Nuclear physicist Nuclear, yeah, <laughs> atomic bomb engineer. We're going to get Feynman. Um. <laughs> We're going to summon the ghost of Richard Oppenheimer into the studio. Yep. He'll be our guest next week. Oh, uh, excellent. The ghost of Richard Oppenheimer. Call in if you have questions. We will, uh, we will uh-huh. answer those for Yeah. Him. No, he's, he's confirmed. So, mm-hmm. um, excellent. Excellent. Yeah. And it would be... Yeah. So... Look forward to that next week, listeners. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I would like to point out one more thing, mm-hmm, uh, and that is Buffy's tombstone in the graveyard. Oh, right, yeah. Says that she was born in eighty one. What? What can, year can was we this just please girl born? settle? Like, yeah, exactly. She's like, does she have three different like birth certificates floating around? Are, are Slayers so powerful because 80, they were born 81. three times? And <laughs> she has the power of three women because she. <laughs> was born of three of them and then they combined in a terrible slayer mess um <laughs> once the third one was born like station in a uh, bill and ted except that was just two martians you haven't you haven't watched bill and ted right not as an adult i, yeah, I bogus, saw when i was a kid bogus journey there's this there are these aliens that there's two little ones and they jump together and become station and they become, they become a huge one. Sounds, sounds amazing. Pretty excellent. <laughs> I own it on DVD. Mm-hmm. So we should watch it. Definitely. Um, okay, yeah. So let's do... Do you have some words to slay by? I do. Okay. I do. Um, they were actually from The Master. Mm. Um, which was like, if I can... I forget the exact phrasing, but it was like, if I can conquer my fear if i can master my fear it can't control me Mm. it's like yeah fear is like if you can face it and you can master it then it doesn't have any power over you like yeah what did you think of this scene down in the master's lair where he's like looking at the cross and talking about the cross and holding the cross did you think that was a good scene or do you think that was just filler um i kind of felt like it was filler yeah but it did give me lines that i thought were interesting (laughs) yeah that's fair i mean it related to the episode because he was talking about conquering your fear and i think that set it up for like people conquering this nightmare stuff Mm -hmm, mm because it's like their fears do you think the master knew what was going on yeah i don't know because when he comes like when he sees yeah does it was is he is that actually is he really him there? there? Is, is that he experiencing just a dream? that? Or, yeah. yeah, or is that like a simulacrum? I was, I was wondering that too. It's a little unclear. And also, like, does everybody else in the town remember? So, like, 
after everything switches back, the kid like pulls the mask off, does his little Scooby Doo, and pulls mm-hmm. the mask off of yeah. the guy, yeah. and like the light comes out of his face, and everything goes back to normal. Clearly, the Scooby Gang still remembers what had been going on, yeah. but the hospital seemed to completely go back to normal. Yeah, which presumably means the other people there. And did the kid not doesn't. I mean, remember? he he wakes up and does the like Wizard of Oz, where he's like, "And you were there, and you were there, and who yeah. are you?" Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean, it's unclear to like why what why extent? should these four people remember what happened but nobody else? Yeah, that's like I feel like this. There should be a name for this writing mistake, but this happens all the time where there's like mm, some yeah. alternate reality, and when it get goes back to normal, the main characters remember, but mm-hmm. nobody else does, and there's no like logical explanation for why these I, particular people. I mean, yeah, maybe I what what I could possibly explain it by is like chalking it up to like just the power of denial mm. um like everyone else is like mm, that doesn't fit with what my world is that must not have happened and no one else seems to be talking about it so yeah. i had a weird dream or like you know but they are <laughs> clear like they know that there's this supernatural world and they're facing it constantly so they sort of can incorporate that into their worldview with sure that, yeah shattering themselves hmm. I mean, yeah, I guess you need something like something like that to explain the constant sense that, you know, this is other, the, the, amnesia, the normal town. Yeah, yeah. The, like the constant amnesia that everybody else in the town mm, experiences. Selective, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, do you want to do high moment, low moment? Yeah. So you already said your high moment was my, my Xander was following the, the chocolate Xander bars. sequence. So I think, funny. I think I have to say my high moment. I'm going to stick with... Uh, the Buffy and Buffy's dad That's scene. Good. I'm glad one of us picked it. Yeah. Um, like, even though I, I have some ways I think it could be better, I think it was the high point of this episode for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, like, the the best acting in the episode yeah. and, and some of the, like, some of the most real emotional weight and also mm-hmm. a great way to bring the show back to its to its connection to the real world yeah yeah, like i i like it when um i like it when the supernatural things in the episode feel connected to real world yeah fears or real world like themes um and if this whole episode had been about fears that are sort of like anybody could have a fear of spiders or a fear of clowns or a fear of Mm -hmm. you know giant hornets or like all these things that are sort of yeah not real and not very character specific um it was nice to have something that felt like a real buffy moment and, yeah. and felt like it was true to the life of a teenager um yeah i agree mm-hmm. just despite the fact that it makes me feel nothing um <laughs> you're just dead inside honey it's, yeah it's fine yeah I, I know that i'm dead inside i've accepted it yeah it's okay um not everyone gets to be alive inside yeah um, don't don't be judgmental of yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a dead inside american and that's <laughs> for sure. For sure. i'm totally down with that mm-hmm. so yeah um but yeah so do you do you have a low moment low moment um ugh, i mean i'm tempted to just say like every scene with mud butt again but i do that every time he's in an episode yeah it's not fair i I should put a little bit more thought into this Mm -hmm. um yeah i i think i'm gonna say like the attacks by the ugly man Mm -hmm. like it's like his 
rubber arm thing like i think it was supposed to look like a wooden club or something but anytime it collided with something you could see it like wiggle and bend and it just looked so like silly and fake to me that i i mean like i felt like that that could have been a cool threatening thing to have this thing that like comes out of some alien nightmare yeah you know it seems it's gonna follow you no matter where you go it's like it's like it follows um (laughs) Like, it could have been scary. Yeah. Just like It Follows could have been scary. <laughs> oh, my God. We, can't, we just can't go into that. <laughs> but, yeah, they should have made a monster that was actually scary. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say those are my low moment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First, uh, for my low moment, um, I'm, I'm going to say It Follows <laughs> was scary. <laughs> just putting out that we have a disagreement about this movie. And we, we could do. do an entire, like, <laughs> hours-long Oh yeah, we could really our disagreements. Yeah, we stood movie. outside the theater after that movie and argued for like yeah. an hour, yeah, probably, we did. and then came home and then argued some more. Yeah. Um, but so everyone should go see it. Follows. It's terrifying and great. Um, I think everyone should see it. Like I think it's uh, excellent filmmaking. Um, just not a very good horror movie. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. Uh, my low moment, I think, honestly, was just the the ending where um she makes up she's like you have to do this now and like go he goes up to the ugly man and like takes his mask off it was just like such a cheesy like scooby-doo moment like it totally felt like i would have gotten away with it too (laughs) and then like when he confronts the like coach or whatever he's like you said it was my fault there were eight other people on the team i'm like this dude just beat this little kid into a coma and like we're gonna end this episode by like this kid like talks back to him like yeah i mean they mentioned that the guy is behind bars now like later yeah it, but yeah that whole that whole conflict felt that was, really it was not fleshed out well yeah and it was in some ways it was like cheesy on the one hand where he's like i'm facing my fear and i'm taking the mask off mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. it was also just like horrific to be like yeah you're making this little kid like yell back at this man like yeah yeah, I mean they really they really needed to make like the backstory make some more like, sense. Yeah, it like, was not solid. Like, solid what backstory. happened with this kid and his coach and like you don't you don't get the sort of like I think the emotional resolution that they yeah. want you to get from that scene because you don't really understand what the conflict was. Yeah. Um yeah, that that was really poorly written. It felt like they that ending, like, oh like, god we have to like, end it I don't know <laughs> yeah how. exactly they like rush that ending into, <laughs> like, he, yeah. he yells at his coach it's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um yeah you know that's a really good point um yeah yeah all right well do you want to give the give the episode a rating um yeah let's go let's do some ratings okay um i think for myself i i'm i'm torn in in both directions in this episode because mm. it has you know a scene or two that i that I really like and it has, and it is like the first episode that goes really surreal, which I like and I, and I mm-hmm, want to see more mm-hmm. of. And I, and I happen to know that we will. Um, yeah. And so like, there's, there's a number of things I like about this episode and like the, the premise is kind of a cool idea, but it didn't quite deliver in a number of ways. The ending was weird. The like, mm-hmm. the whole thing felt a little bit thin. Some of the like scary stuff felt like, generic like the clowns and the mm-hmm. you know um i i think i'm going to say i'm gonna say six out of ten mm-hmm. um <clears throat> creepy history teacher mustaches uh, yeah i love it mm-hmm. i like that reading 
Um, yeah, similar things where it's like, I thought it, I, I enjoyed it. Like we're watching it. I'm like, just cracking That's up. Entertaining. At yeah. Yeah, it was entertaining to watch. So I wasn't like bored. Mm-hmm. Like in some episodes, I feel like I am. If you've watched them multiple times, mm-hmm. um, there were some plot things that I didn't think were great. Um, the master was like connected and talking about fear, but not really doing anything. It's like, why do you have your like main villain present when he's not i don't know i just didn't feel like he did much yeah um i think parts that i was supposed to relate to like buffy's fear of being a vampire like just fell flat for me like Mm -hmm. i guess it's kind of interesting to see buffy and bumpy face yeah um i think that's the only time you get to see it right no i don't know off the top of my head i can't think of another time so you know interesting Mm -hmm. interesting thing that happened um but yeah just really loved watching that Xander scene and him eating those candy bars and having all the wrappers in his hands when he gets to the end. And there's so many, I just <laughs> really like that. <laughs> it makes me laugh thinking about it. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I'm also going to end up giving it, um, six out of 10 chocolate hurricanes. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, should we do some plugs then? Yeah. Plug. plug cool. It. Um, so we're welcome to Sunnydale. You can find out everything about us at welcome to Sunnydale.com. You can email us your questions, comments, concerns, uh, just general rants. We'll take them all. Email us at welcome to Sunnydale podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at welcome to sunny. You can find us on Facebook and, um, you can also, uh, call into the show we would really appreciate any phone calls you might want to to make whether they be questions or comments we'll play them on the air it'll be it'll be wonderful if you've ever listened to the savage love cast it'll be just like that only better um and (laughs) And then we'll answer your sex questions oh Um, yeah send us your sex questions oh for sure definitely we're like we'd probably be better than that than we would be at (laughs) talking about puppy (laughs) i am a sex educator so (laughs) yeah But so that that phone number is 510-455-2155. So give us a call. Uh, Yeah. So that's the the end of the show. Yeah, I think we're good. Um, I was just going to go. I didn't know what you wanted to do now, but I I thought I would um, go and practice some of my clowning techniques you know making my little like balloon animals and, and stuff like that oh, did you want to help uh, me? honey i i don't know how to tell you this exactly but your balloon animals were pathetic everyone can make a giraffe <laughs> it's true i'm sorry <laughs> all right. bye bye everybody all right bye bye everybody have a good night <laughs>